You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of this boozy bracketology romantic comedy bracket. You're damn right. It's February. It is the month of love. And what's not to love? When we had an awesome episode like we did in episode number one, we are here with our second quadrant of the round of 64. And we are here with our panelists who have somehow decided to watch 64 romantic comedy films and then come here and argue about them because we have nothing else to do. COVID is real, everybody. Here we go. Let's introduce our panelists to my left. My lovely wife, Leah. How you doing and what you drinking? I'm doing great. Um, after our last uh, round of the bracket, um, I was inspired um, and wanted to bring with me a glass of wine for this um, region of the, the podcast. So I'm having some San Sebastian Cabernet Sevignog. <laughs> No, seven non seven non Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, which is an American red wine, um, with an alcohol content of thirteen percent by volume. I don't know what any of that means, but um it's from St. Augustine, Florida, and I liked the winery when we went there, so that's what I'm drinking. It is actually Florida for its wine is not known for its wine, but that actually is a pretty good bottle as far as I'm concerned. I do like it. But neither here nor there. Let's keep it in the sunshine state. Gabby, how's your evening going and what are you drinking? Uh, I'm feeling the love, so I'm drinking a nice uh, bottle of red, Chianti. And I disagree. I think Florida has some very good wines. Um, you've never been to Florida Orange Grove Winery. They have some delicious wines, um, but I'm drinking a, the Chianti. If you mention that vineyard out in Lakeland, I am hanging up on you. <laughs> Now, Florida wine actually isn't terrible. It's not California. It's not New York. It's not Oregon. It's not Washington, but it's not terrible. Uh, I do think San Sebastian is the best of the Florida wines that I've had, but let's head on out to a state with, I'm assuming, wine that's not nearly as good as Florida. We're going to Alabama. Mike and Nikki, as they roll their eyes at my terrible jokes, how y'all doing tonight? Oh, we're good. I, I wasn't do rolling have, my eyes. I was, do they have wineries? I was mad that you stole my joke. I was yeah. going to say, and in Alabama where we don't allow wine. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It's hard. I mean, I have to like basically like bootleg my wine mm -hmm. to get shipped here. So, um, But I actually am on Friday. I'm going to a little winery in Tennessee. So That's right. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I... I'm drinking a Jack and Diet. I decided for romantic comedy, I might as well have my boyfriend. Like, <laughs> I have my husband, but I also have my boyfriend, Jack. So he's here with us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. I love you. <laughs> no, that's okay. It was cute. <laughs> so speaking of Tennessee actually, and, and being purveyors of alcohol. I actually have a beer out of Tennessee. Uh, it is from the Blackberry Farm Brewery from Walland, Tennessee. I have no idea where that is. I'll look it up later. Uh, this is called the Leather Breeches Porter. It is cold outside, so I felt like Porter was called for. Uh, this is very rich. It's dark. It's got a nice malty flavor to it. I would recommend it if you can find it. I just randomly happened across it in the beer store the other day. It sounds delicious. You would like this beer, Chris. This is right up your alley. 
Sorry. I'm sorry. That was a dick thing to say. I'm so sorry. I miss beer, guys. Like, I know. Legit, I'm sorry. I miss beer. I'm on my beer cleanse. It's okay. I did this to myself. We're going to head out a little bit further west because Noah did not forget him about it this time. Steven, how is that Diet Coke? Well, it's a Sprite Zero Sugar, first of all. It's almost like he's setting so, me up for this. I'm just pointing it out there. Uh, yeah, so you, uh, you can suck it, and I'm doing great. Good to hear. <laughs> um, and I would be remiss before, before we got into the bracket. I did not tell you about this really this, this cool meat cute I had. I was walking through the liquor store. And I saw something out of the corner of my eye that I couldn't take my eyes off of. It was this gorgeous blue label with white lettering. And it says George Dickel Bottled and Bond Tennessee Whiskey. It is the Whiskey Advocate Whiskey of the Year from 2018. Uh, it is the one of the most unique tasting whiskeys I've ever had. And I'm not going to say I love it. I will say I can't stop sipping it because it is not a whiskey that tastes anything like any other whiskey I've ever had. It's a ballsy move to give it whiskey of the year, but I applaud them because this is a very unique tasting whiskey. I think it's uh, 13 years, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. It doesn't say on the label, but uh, I actually overpaid for it because it's about a $35 bottle that I paid about 55 bucks for, and I don't care because love, everyone, love is worth it. It's worth the extra $20. But we are getting started here in the second quadrant of our romantic comedy movie bracket. And tonight's order is going to be Gabby, Steven, Mike, Leah, and Nikki. And we are going to jump right in with our 16 versus 1 seed. We have your 1 seed, 1989's classic When Harry Met Sally, versus your 16 seed, the 2001, not classic, but movie, The Wedding Planner. I have my own story to that movie. We're going to get started with Gabby. What do you say? So I think actually these are both really good movies. Uh, I, I enjoy them both. I was wa- I've been watching The Wedding Planner for many years. Uh, although I will say When Harry Met Sally is a classic. And uh, it, it's very easy to relate to moving to a new state, uh, having to meet new people. It's very cute that they both keep running into each other. So Harry, Harry Met Sally is my vote. When Harry Met Sally picks up a vote, let's bring this over to Steven. Jesus Christ, Nikki, did the wedding planner, like, abduct and beat your children or something? You set it up against When Harry Met Sally? It deserves <laughs> better than that. It's a fine film. It's an all right film. There's a cute little song or two in it. I mean, but Harry Met Sally is should be the number one overall seed. It is the rom-com. So yeah, Harry Met Sally moves on here. No fault of the wedding singer. It's just bad, bad matchup for it. Jesus. Well, Stephen has given his profession to his love for the wedding planner while voting against it. When Harry Met Sally's got a two to nil lead. Mike, what do you say? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> wedding planner, like this is this is during that nadir of Matthew McConaughey's career when he was just bouncing around between crappy romantic comedies. Uh, I'm sorry. I it, it I it's just not. It it had it it Stephen's right. It it had no chance against when Harry met Sally anyway. But 
you know, to, to me, this is, it's, I think it's actually perfectly seated as a 16 seed. Like it's, it's just entertaining enough that you're, you're not going to, you're not going to go away hating it, but like, it's, it's unmemorable. It's unremarkable. We're going to talk a lot more about when Harry met Sally, which is a phenomenal movie later. Moving on. Well, Mike has no failure to launch. Leah, what do you think? Well, I'm not allowed to talk about the wedding planner in my house because my husband saw that movie with his ex in high school. Um, so I'm just going to pretend that he's not on this podcast with me right now. Um, I think The Wedding Planner is actually a really cute movie. Matthew McConaughey was very charming. And yes, I get it. He was engaged at the time. So you were not supposed to root for him and J-Lo to get together. But from that first meet cute when he saves her life, you just throw your morals aside and you root for them to get together. Um, I actually find Billy Crystal not charming in the slightest bit. Which I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and predict that I'm going to be in that minority for the rest of this bracket. Um, feeling that way. Um, so, and, and especially in When Harry Met Sally. I just don't find him charming at all. Um, so, my vote's going to be for the one that I would watch again. And that's going to be The Wedding Planner with Cutie Cutie Matthew McConaughey and a young, adorable Alex Kress. Okay, Leah knows more about that movie than anything else I've ever seen. Um, I will say this. I have never rooted for a dumpster more than watching The Wedding Planner. But when Harry met Sally, The Wedding Planner, it's still going, and we're going to bring it over to Nikki. It's a competition still? No. No, it's not a competition anymore. It wasn't a competition when it started. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. I, I put The Wedding Planner on there because... I felt like I should. I hate The Wedding Planner. I absolutely despise that movie. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get anything about it. Um, J-Lo and Matthew McConaughey have absolutely zero chemistry. I I just don't get that movie. So I put it on there because maybe, you know, it should be on there. But I mean, to me, when Harry met Sally, yeah, I mean, it's probably the number one overall. Um, Yeah, I mean, Billy Crystal is not charming, so it takes a lot to make him charming. So, but when Harry met Sally actually kind of makes it happen. So I got to go with uh, when Harry met Sally. Well, cooler heads have prevailed. God knows they're not my heads. But when Harry met Sally is moving on. And Nikki, I can't help but ask, when you put the wedding planner on there, did you mean to put the wedding singer? No, the wedding singer is on the list. But yeah, the wedding, wedding singer is later, oh, on. Later, on. later on. I am a good and host, much more highly seated. Yeah, no, wedding wedding planner and wedding singer, different movies. Totally <laughs> oh, I knew, different, movies. different movies. Not a problem. The wedding planner has been eliminated, and just like my girlfriend in high school, I will say goodbye to you with a note in a locker. We're moving Ouch. on. I'm a classy guy, ladies and gentlemen. Leah, you are a lucky woman. I'm very lucky. <laughs> You're, you're lucky. On. You're lucky that you got him now and not in high school. <laughs> right. I was like, a little, the locker, Christopher. I am not a. I was not a good person in high school. We are on to your eight versus nine seed, and if you did not like Billy Crystal, this may not be the bracket for you. We are on the eight seed of 1959. Some like it hot versus the nine seed of actually a, a rom com that I personally love. The 1995 Forget Paris. And we are starting this with Steven. Fucking Forget Paris. Because Some Like It Hot is one of the best films ever made. It is seriously one of my top ten films of all time. It is so smart and so fast-paced and 
Tony Randall and Jack Lemmon are amazing in it, and it is every single line you can quote it. Just like, look at the way women move, like Jello on springs. Or they, I tell you, they're a totally different sex. And it has the best ending line of all of cinema when Jack Lemmon has to admit that he's a man and his new husband responds, nobody's perfect. That line is perfect because this film is perfect. Guess how I'm going to be voting the entire rest of the bracket? Spoilers, Some Like It Hot is the best movie on this bracket and it gets my vote here. And I smell a Mickey's Christmas Carol sized upset coming up here as we move it over to Mike. Fuck your face. Well, Stephen actually said uh, a lot of what I would like to say about Some Like It Hot, too. It is a fantastically entertaining movie. Uh, It's so clever, it's so much fun. But I do want to give a little bit of a shout to Forget Paris because I actually thought Forget Paris was a really good movie for a it's another one. It just starts to fall like the first hour of that movie. I was all in. And then it just started to come apart at the seams a little bit. And and the latter half of that movie just it, the some of the conflict felt forced and it just didn't really do it for for me overall. But I really I really did enjoy Forget Paris. Drawing some like it hot as an absolute bitch. I mean, some like it hot as an eight seed like ugh. I, I pity I pity this movie. I almost want to move it on to force Leah to choose between which Billy Crystal she finds less less charming. But no, this is very clearly Some Like It Hot. And with a 2-0 lead, Some Like It Hot is obviously squeezing the toothpaste from the middle as we move this over to Leah. So here's my hot take. I thought Some Like It Hot was boring. Sorry, Marilyn. Uh, Forget Paris is fun. It's fun loving. It's super cute. And though I admit I don't really like Billy Crystal at all, um, I liked him better in this movie than I did in When Harry Met Sally. So let's give Forget Paris the love it deserves. And what can only be described as a mercy vote to her husband, Forget Paris has picked up a vote. We're bringing it over to Nikki. Yeah, I mean this one. This one was tougher for me than like I thought. Um, I mean, I, I honestly like forget Paris. I don't think was on my original list. Um, I actually think I think Chris, you're one who emailed it to me and said forget Paris needs to be on there. And I, I hadn't seen it in a long time, and we we rewatched it, and I I thought it was it was good. Um, I mean, I remember why I liked it so much. I mean, I actually think Billy Crystal is quite charming. I mean, you know, sometimes they don't have to be. The, the perfect person. I mean, Billy Crystal kind of plays himself. I mean, honestly, he probably played a little bit of Harry in Forget Paris and, you know, whatever. Uh, it was just a different kind of chemistry. Um, Some Like It Hot, I I really like that movie. I don't know if I'm as gung-ho about it as Mike and Steven are. I really like it. Um, it but to me, it, it does breathe a little bit more comedy to me. I mean, yes, there is the romantic comedy aspect, but it's just not quite as the formulaic. I mean, again, I'm, 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 I'm basing it on a formula. It's, it's a little bit different, but overall, yes, I think you have to give it to some like it hot versus these two films. So yes, some like it hot. And with that, some like it hot is moving on to the round of 32, but Gabby, I do want to hear your thoughts. 
so I saw these movies both for the first time for the bracket. Some Like It Hot was cute. Marilyn did fabulous. There were some iconic lines. Nobody was perfect. Steven actually was hysterical. It was a great, great part of that movie. I really loved it. Um, but I will say I got the warm and fuzzies from Forget Paris. Um, Billy Crystal doesn't have a charming bone in his body, but I think that's part of his charm. So my vote goes to Forget Paris, even though I know it's already gone. But And with that, the Deborah Winger classic Forget Paris picks up another vote, but it's not enough to move on as Some Like It Hot is moving on to the round of 32. Oh, we got some doozies here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This next round will be started off by Mike. And Mike, you are choosing between the number five seed, 2005's The 40-Year-Old Virgin versus the 12 seed, 2007 Music and Lyrics. You know, I really did it enjoy music and lyrics, and I did not think I was going to. When I, when I sat down and watched it with Nikki uh, what, two two or three years ago, we just happened to cross it on, on TV one it had to be before that because it was before kids. But anyway, we just happened upon it one morning and we had, you know, didn't that, we were just relaxing. So we, we put it on and I, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. And I did really like it, but I think going up against the four-year-old version, that's, that's rough. Like the four-year-old version is remarkable in the way that it hits the comedy part really hard and also hits the romantic part really hard. Like both of those elements of that movie are done so incredibly well. And I just think that a 40 year old version hands down is the better movie here. Uh, it's not that, not that uh, I liked Drew Barrymore and Hugh Grant, but, but Steve, I mean, the 40 year old version is the movie that made Steve Carell, like, because it was right before the office came out and like, he, he's just so fantastically funny in that movie and the supporting cast is great it's just it's it's a wall-to-wall laughs and it does have a lot of pathos with the romance as well so i'm voting for the 40 year old version 40 year old virgin picks up a vote leah what do you say I am so happy that Music and Lyrics made this list. I love that movie so much, and most of the time when I talk about it in public, people look at me like I'm crazy because no one usually knows what that movie is. Um, The music is great. The romance is cute. It has a younger Matt Morrison from Glee in there. Um, It's got a little cameo with Scott Porter from Friday Night Lights. Um, It's great. It also mixes, you know, nostalgia with, like, new kind of music, um... And it's just wonderfully silly. Hugh Grant, that dude is just charming in every rom-com he's in. So it's going to get my vote. Let's 12-5 upset this. Well, there's your vote right there. Music and lyrics picks up a vote. We bring this over to Nikki. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, Hugh Grant shows up on this list probably maybe four times. I think he's on this list for four or five movies on this list. Um, yeah, five. He's on this list five times. So Hugh Grant, we will talk about. But, um, you know, I actually think that Drew Barrymore, I mean, I'm very into this. I, I know it seems weird, but I'm into this romantic comedy girl. It drives me crazy if someone is just too perfect. Like, I don't like that. Like, 
why do you need to worry about getting your man or whatever? It just drives me crazy. <laughs> note, note the absence of Catherine Heigl anywhere on this list. I don't, I can't, I give Catherine, I can't have Catherine Heigl on my list. Like she's too pretty. Um, but Drew Barrymore is like a perfect romantic comedy girl. She's, she's, she's cute and she's fun. And I don't know. I like her a lot. And, and Hugh Grant has that charismatic. I love the music in music and lyrics. I think I, I love the little pop stuff that they do um i just thought music and lyrics it's it's, i enjoyed it it was a great film um and then 40 year old virgin it makes me laugh every time i see it i mean it's hilarious um steve carell and Catherine keener are really great um i love the romantic aspect of that so i mean like this was actually a really tough matchup for me um i don't know why I, i actually paired them together because i really like them both but I, I guess for me, it comes down to romantic comedy. This is what it is. This is a romantic comedy. I feel like in some ways, why 40-Year-Old Virgin, yes, it is a romantic comedy. It does have an aspect of screwball comedy. Um, you can watch it in a college dorm room and guys are still going to laugh at it. While like, I don't know, I just, it, but it is. I mean, it's, 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 it's a screwball. It has romance, but it's a comedy with some romance, I feel like. Music and lyrics is a quintessential romantic comedy, I and mean, it has the formula of that. So I feel like I'm going to have to go with music and lyrics on that just because I I think it's more of a romantic comedy than 40-Year-Old Virgin. 40-Year-Old Virgin is a wonderful comedy, but I think it's a comedy before it's a romantic comedy. Well, as I revisit my college years of all those times watching music and lyrics over and over again, I'm repeat- Right. I'm- <laughs> oh. Sorry, that was a really bad analogy. <laughs> It was all that came to my head at the time. We are bringing this over to Gabby. So I actually was surprised to like music and lyrics. I'd never heard of it before, and it was my first time watching it. But I actually did think it was a really good movie. Um, but against 40-year-old version, uh, sorry, Leah. 40-year-old version is going to move on. That's a hysterical movie, and he's a 40-year-old virgin, so sorry. Over, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we Fair. have our first two <laughs> to two tie. Does anyone want to lodge their round of sixty-four buzzer beater on this matchup before I bring it over to Stephen to cast the deciding vote? I, I don't believe Stephen's opinion is probably that malleable on this yeah, one. No. So. I, I think Stephen's going to go with what he go. wants to. Well, Stephen, I am waiting anxiously, like Elizabeth Banks in a bathtub. Tell me what your pick is. It's going to be the 40-year-old version. Because music and lyrics is such a paint-by-numbers, check-the-box formula script, there's nothing original, new, interesting, exciting about it. There's chemistry between the leads, and that's the best you can say, but there's nothing there that sticks with you. 40-year-old version, you're at least going to remember something from it. So 40-year-old version was on. And the 40-year-old version does move on. And Nikki, props for Katherine Keener. I am a big Katherine Keener fan, and the fact that anyone actually knows her name on this show is awesome. But we are moving on here, and we are moving on to our four seed of Pretty Woman, taking on the 13th seed. Ironically, the 13th seed is 13 going on 30. And we are starting this off with my lovely wife, Leah. What do you think? So I don't think I'm as passionate about either of these movies as most of my peers are. 
Um, I will tell you that I've seen the first 10 minutes of Pretty Woman and the last 10 minutes of Pretty Woman several times. Um, I couldn't tell you anything that happens in the middle of the movie except that maybe she takes a bubble bath and maybe there's a situation in a department store where people are degrading to her. Um, I really don't know. Uh, 13 Going on 30 has some really bad acting from Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo, who I both love really in anything else, but this movie is just ridiculous and silly. But to me, I'll take Ridiculous and Silly over Pretty Woman. Um, it's more enjoyable for me to watch. So 13 going on 30 is going to get my vote. Oh, and Hulk smash. All right, we are moving on. Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, so we actually rewatched uh, 13 going on 30 last night because, I mean, I had seen it, but it had been so long. Um, And... It's 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 fun. I mean, I think it's a fun little movie. I mean, I don't I don't think it's going to win any awards. I mean, yeah, the acting was a little whatever. But I mean, I thought Jennifer Gardner was pleasant in it for what the script was. I mean, she acted kind of like a 13 year old. I mean, so I I, I think it was a fun movie. Um, Pretty Woman. It's so weird because I don't I mean, my, my father is this like burly southern dude like who sits there and drinks beer all the time and it's just like i mean the man's man that man will watch pretty woman every day of the week no matter what time it is it's his favorite movie of all time and he will tell you without shame that it is his favorite movie of all time he loves it he just i mean like he literally tears up when he watches that movie um so i guess it's kind of a nostalgia movie for me um I, I think that Richard Gere and and uh, Julie Roberts have amazing chemistry. And when it comes to rom-coms, you need great chemistry. They had way better chemistry than Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Gardner. I think that Pretty Woman is, is pretty smart. It's funny. It's entertaining. So I have to go with Pretty Woman on this one. All right. Pretty Woman has evened it up. It is one-to-one. Gabby, pray tell, what is your opinion? So 13 Going on 30 was okay um, for me. It wasn't particularly memorable. And actually, I had only seen Pretty, Room at Pretty Woman recently. Um, I had seen Bits and Pieces all through over time. But seeing the full movie, I really think that was an amazing movie. Watching the shopping scene, I, I told my husband he needs to take me shopping. Um, but Pretty Woman is going to be uh, my vote. Pretty Woman is taking a two-to-one lead. And it's about damn time we get a man's opinion. Steven, what do you say? So here's the idea. You're going to have a child that is suddenly changed into an adult. It's a big idea. It's never been done before in any big movies. And here's another big concept. They're going to find out that their childhood ideals don't match up with the big corporate world. How could no one have exploited this big concept before in a much better way? No, Pretty Woman all the way. I don't need rip-off big with a stupid, nonsensical, and as has been said before, chemistry-less rom-com twist romance that does not pay off in any significant way that I care about. No, no. it, It ends here. Other than the fact that it introduced me to the gum candy thing, the Razzles, whatever it's called, nothing good in 13 going on 30. Pretty Woman all the way. And Penny Marshall has given Steven a rousing... Uh, round of applause and a standing ovation as we bring it over to Mike. So this is actually an interesting matchup because here we have two movies featuring future 
Best Actress Academy Award winners. You have Pretty Woman featuring, this is the, basically the movie that really put Julia Roberts on the map, uh, who would later win uh, Academy Award about 10 years later for uh, her role as Aaron Brockovich. And then you have 13 Going on 30, which, believe it or not, actually has Brie Larson in it as one of the six chicks. And that that kind of, like, blew my, I didn't even notice her until I saw her in the credits. Uh, no, uh, like Nikki said, we watched this last night, so that was kind of fresh in my head, and I just thought that was kind of a cool random little factoid. This is definitely Pretty Woman. Uh, 13 going on 30. I was entertained. It was fine, but pretty, I think Pretty Woman is definitely the, the better picture. It's the more iconic picture. We'll talk more about it later. And because Mike brought up Brie Larson, I will tell you, there is no more room in this podcast for 13 going on 30 as Pretty Woman moves on to the next round. We are starting the next round with Nikki. Nikki, your choice is for getting Sarah Marshall versus Muriel's wedding. <sighs> Yeah, so this this was a weird one. Like Muriel's wedding came up on like every list that I saw. And I kept thinking like is it a romantic comedy? I remember watching that when I was, you know, in high school. I didn't remember it that well, but I'm like, okay. So I put it on the list based on the fact that it was literally on every list I saw. And I rewatched it. I'm not 100% sure it's a romantic comedy. I mean, it is I mean, how do you find romantic comedy? Is a romantic comedy a romance between a man and a woman? I mean, I mean there is, or, or men and men, women and women. I mean, is it a romance based on like a love aspect? Or is it a romance based on a friendship? I mean, I mean, there's, there's some, there's some things. I and mean, we have a couple of movies on there that, you know, is, is what is the romance? Um, the romance in Muriel's wedding is between her and her friend. I mean, they they have romance as far as they're each other's soulmates. They're the ones who found each other in this crazy, weird world. Um, Muriel is a great character in the sense that she's just so ridiculous. I mean, Muriel is, I mean, she's actually pretty horrible. I mean, Muriel is a horrible person. Um, and she finds herself in all these crazy situations. Um... And then you have Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which again is it sort of like bends the line of romantic comedy. I mean, it is a romantic comedy, but it's also just kind of straight comedy. And there's the Kristen Bell and uh, Jason Siegel, the whole thing. I mean, it's it's, it's a it's a it's a it's, a, it's I, I don't know. It's kind of a weird movie. It, 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 I wasn't I wouldn't have been one I put on the list, but it was on every list that I saw. <laughs> so I rewatched both of these movies. Um after watching them, I had to base it on what would I enjoy more watching again because I just didn't love either one, I guess. So, but if I if I was going to sit and say I'm going to watch one, I think I would watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall over Muriel's Wedding again. So, I'm going to vote for Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And one vote for the awkward Jason Siegel nudity scene as we move this over... Gabby. Uh, honestly, they're both good. My favorite is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, I've been to that resort in Hawaii where they filmed it. It's beautiful. The movie's actually hysterical. Um, the new boyfriend is a douche, and it's 
it's funny watching that. So forgetting Sarah Marshall, I'd watch it over and over again. A commanding 2 to nothing lead for forgetting Sarah Marshall as Muriel's wedding is being unattended so far. Steven, are you going to RSVP yes? Here's a quick list of uh, romantic comedies not featured on this list. I would rather vote on than either of these movies. Houseboat, Bringing Up Baby, Man's Favorite Sport, Pillow Talk, Here's to Love, My Favorite Wife. All of these, much better than either of these two choices. Um, which one is going to keep the debate going? Uh, I believe it's two right now to forgetting Sarah Marshall. I'll just vote for Muriel's Wedding to keep it interesting. Now, Stephen obviously has not read ahead in this bracket. Uh, Pillow Talk will be covered here in about two picks. But neither here nor there, Muriel's Wedding picks up a vote, I guess. As maybe we were ha- having a, uh, I'm not even going to make that joke. You know what? Let's just go right to Mike. <sighs> Damn, I kind of want you to make that joke. No, uh, excuse me, Nikki said a lot of what I was going to say uh, as far as Muriel's Wedding and how the the only really romantic aspect is really between her and her. It's not even a romantic aspect, but the, the key relationship in Muriel's Wedding is clearly between her and her friend. And her and her friend are the ones that they're, you know, they have the tension and they get separated largely because, as Nikki said, Muriel's a horrible person. Uh, and then, but then, you know, they accept each other at the end and they get back together and it's, and it's great. And they, there's that triumphant moment at the end. Uh, I enjoyed Muriel's wedding a lot. <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall's just, I, I liked it. I just really like the hell out of this movie. I mean, yes, as, as Chris alluded to, it's, it's, it's definitely a little too much Jason Siegel's penis in that movie, but it's hilarious when it happens. So it's like, <laughs> It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really bother you too much. And like, oh my gosh, I don't know if Mila Kunis is ever, I mean, she's a beautiful woman, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if she's ever been more like, I've ever felt more drawn to her than this movie. Like, she's just great. She's, she's charming. She's, and I love, I love the scene when they're like, they're having the competing sex between the walls. Like there's there's a lot of funny things in, in forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think I think overall it's both the better comedy and the better romantic comedy. So move it on. Forgetting Sarah Marshall picks up its third and deciding vote. Don't let that deter you, Leah. Though, tell me how you really feel. I don't like either of these movies, so I'm glad that I doesn't come down to me. So my vote really doesn't matter, and I have nothing really to contribute to either one, except that I don't really want to watch either one again. I don't like Jason Segel. Um, I know. Uh, I like Rachel Griffiths, and she's in the Muriel's Wedding movie, but I don't like. Like what everyone said, like Muriel is horrible. So it's like, I'm not going to sit there and watch a horrible person do things and sabotage her life and stuff like that. Um, So I'm just going to give a vote to Forgetting Sarah Marshall because I feel like maybe Chris liked that movie. My husband. yeah, Chris maybe. did like that movie and Chris has an unhealthy uh, crush on Kristen Bell. So we're not okay. Gonna, sure. We're not then yeah, there. for you, babe, I will vote for Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You're welcome. So I think um, for me, at least. Muriel's Wedding is the first movie I remember Tony Collette being in. I can't really remember her being in much before that. So I, I actually do like Tony Collette. I think she's a phenomenal actress. But unfortunately, that movie is not moving on us. Forgetting Sarah Marshall has a 4-1 to one win. We are bringing this back. Gabby, you're starting us off here. The three seed, the classic Sleepless in Seattle... Versus the modern romance film, The 14th Seed, The Proposal. 
you know, I, actually, I'm really torn about these two. I've seen Sleepless Seattle prior to this, and the proposal I just watched recently. Um, I, I will say, though, the proposal was cute. The scenery was gorgeous. I was filmed in Alaska, and actually now I kind of want to go to Alaska, so I'm going to vote for the proposal. Wow. Sleepless in Seattle has gone down early. They are down one to nothing, and uh, the whole press box is a chatter with what this could mean if the most popular, arguably the most popular Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks film, this side of Joe versus the Volcano, it's losing already, and Stephen, what do you say? Yeah, I'm a little bit shocked here, um, but okay, yeah, it's it's fine because uh, Sleepless in Seattle, uh, not as good as an affair to remember, which it's totally a rip off of. So much so that they watch an affair to remember in Sleepless in Seattle. That being said, an affair to remember knockoff is better been the alternative here uh so i'm absolutely going to go with sleepless in seattle over the proposal and there come the duke blue devils firing threes pounding points in the paint to tie the game and we're gonna bring it over to mike i don't know if i'd necessarily call sleepless in seattle a blatant ripoff of fair to remember certainly parts of it are but like in a fair to remember they at least meet before the final 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> so it is a little different, but yeah, it's, yeah, Steven, you are essentially correct. Um, no, the proposal, I, I waxed poetic, uh, in the previous, uh, region about, uh, Sandy B. Uh, the proposal doesn't do it for me though. Like her and Ryan Reynolds, it's such a weird matchup. They have no chemistry, like, and, and and Sleepless in Seattle, I'll, there's a lot of things I love about Sleepless in Seattle, and I, I have a strong suspicion I'll be talking more about it later, so I'll just I'll just touch on one. Like One of the romantic comedy tropes is when the, the woman is with like one guy and she leaves him for the other guy, but they always have to make the guy that she's already with an asshole to make it better. And in Sleepless in Seattle, they don't do that. And I loved that they didn't do that. Like, like Bill Pullman, his biggest thing is he's got allergies. Like, but he's just not right, not the right person for her. And he, they both kind of recognize it. And he like wishes her well. And like, I, there's something to be said about that. I that's that's just one of the many things that I really enjoy about Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, I, I definitely think this is Sleepless in Seattle winning this one. It's funny how Mike feels that way in Sleepless in Seattle, but when it comes up in Sweet Home Alabama, nothing gets mentioned. Neither here nor there. Leah, what do you say? So I'm glad Stephen brought up the thing about an affair to remember because um, one of my favorite scenes in, scenes in Sleepless in Seattle is when I think it's Tom Hanks and I I want to say it's Rita Wilson is like his friend in in. Seattle and I think she's married to Victor Garber and the three of them are all sitting there and they're discussing you know the whole you know oh she wants to meet me at the top of the Empire State Building kind of thing and it's just like this big like where they're talking about an affair to remember in Sleepless in Seattle and that's like one of my favorite scenes because I love all the people in it um in particular Victor Garber but um who's just not having any of it by the way um but the proposal like, I mean, really, either of these two movies I could watch right this very second and I would enjoy it. Um, the Proposal, I mean, I think that it's got Ryan Reynolds as his most attractive 
self um unless we're counting x-men origins wolverine as a cute version of deadpool but i know how everyone feels about that so i'll just keep moving on um i love sandy b and everything that she does but then you have to go back to tom hanks and meg ryan they're just so classic um and as mike said like slips in seattle like they literally like are on screen together for maybe a total of two minutes the entire movie so it's hard for us to really like root for that movie because of their chemistry when they're living two completely different stories that hardly ever overlap um i don't know i don't think it's gonna matter but i think for this one i'm gonna go with the proposal just because you get to see the romantic chemistry of the actors more throughout the whole film and it's got um sandy b and betty white doing the whole to the window to the wall dance like in the middle of the woods which is like cracks me up every single time and i love it so much so yeah i'm gonna get the proposal but for the record i love both movies I just want to throw that out there. It's like Sophie's Choice. Now, Leah made the tough decision there. And by tough decision, I mean she's leaving this on Nikki's shoulders. So it is a two-to-two tie, Sleepless in Seattle versus The Proposal. And it's that time of the night where I have to ask, does anybody want to use a buzzer beater to try and sway Nikki and her Jack Daniels sipping ways? No, no, everyone is shaking their head no. Mike is flipping me off. Nikki, you're up. Uh, how do I, how am I, I don't, I don't know how to be polite. I don't like the proposal. I just don't, I don't like the proposal. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I like Sandra Bullock. I, I like her in rom-coms, but I don't like her in the proposal. I don't like Ryan Reynolds in the proposal. I don't think they have any chemistry. And even though... Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan only see each other for like two minutes in that movie. They have like a ton of chemistry. Like that's the thing about it is it's like they don't actually see each other, but you want them to be together. Like even though they don't actually see each other, it's like you're still rooting for them to be together. So to me, that just makes a romantic comedy. So I'm sorry. I got to go with Sleepless in Seattle. Well, damn it. I'll have what she's having. Sleepless in Seattle moves on three to two. I know it's the wrong movie. I'm limited in my my romantic comedy knowledge here. I already made my Elizabeth Banks in the bathtub comments in the round of 64, so I can't use that ever again. But we're moving on. The next category. Oh, my gosh. We are down to the seventh seed of Pillow Talk. Steven, it's on the bracket. It's okay. It's here. Taking on the tenth seed of Love Actually. And ironically enough, we're going to start with Steven. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking there. I got in my head for some reason, send me no flowers was on this list and not pillow talk. Um, either way, they're they're about the same movie. So that's a fair switch to me. They're both Rock Hudson, Doris Day movies. And pillow talk is a movie I actually grew up with. Uh, my cinema education was instituted by my grandmother who insisted I watched every single Doris Day and Rock Hudson movie a gajillion times. So I've seen them all so many times. And I do genuinely like Pillow Talk and Semino Flowers for that matter. But it's got a really bad pull in this bracket because Love actually as a 10 seed, I, I, I know it's based off Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not the bracket maker. 
it's humanity that's at fault. Humanity, you killed Rock Hudson and Doris Day. My vote has to go to Love Actually. It's just the better film. Love Actually picks up its first vote. We're going to bring it over to Mike. See, this is interesting because I'll be honest, I have Love Actually written down, but as I'm thinking about it, Love Actually is kind of, <laughs> I, I kind of agree with Steven that it's the better film, but it's also like, is it a romantic comedy or is it a bunch of little romantic comedies kind of strung together? Oh, but but even most of those little romantic comedies are so good. Oh. Uh, unlike Steven, I did not grow up with Pillow Talk. We actually only watched it fairly recently. I'd never seen it. <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it was I thought it was great. Oh, uh, but uh, but I but I'm I'm kinda with Steven. I think uh Love Actually is the better film, and I just think that I I just think it makes I don't know if it makes me I don't know if it makes me laugh harder, but it, it like in terms of some of the romantic conflicts of the movie it makes me feel a little more uh so i'm gonna uh i'm gonna give my vote to love actually as well two to nothing a love actually lead we're gonna bring this over to leah i am so glad i have more time to talk about my love for love actually it's going to get my vote and this is why it's got all the lovey-dovey storylines and they're all great for different things like Laura Linney pining for her coworker Carl and finally getting him. That's great. That's wonderful. Um, we won't talk about what happens after they hook up or during their hookup. Um, but still, wonderful. Colin Firth falling for in love with a woman who doesn't even speak his language. And it's showing that the lengths that the two of them go to connect with each other. That's wonderful. The little boy running through the airport to have his moment with the girl that's moving away. That's just wonderful. Um, the prime minister going door to door trying to find his chubby air quotes, uh, former employee to tell her how he feels. It's wonderful. The movie's just wonderful, and I love every single second of these cute romantic storylines. It's amazing how she didn't bring up the Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman storyline. That's not a cute story. But I will throw it out there that the scene with Colin Firth and I don't know her name, but when the papers go flying into the lake is actually one of my favorite scenes in movie history. I love it. It's so it's cute. cute. I do like that. But neither here nor there. My opinion doesn't matter. Let's move it on to Nikki. Well, I think Love Actually is already won, right? Yeah. Love Actually okay. is already moving on. Um, yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, it just means I can be honest. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Love Actually was in our holiday bracket, and I tried. I've, I've watched it a several times. Everybody just loves this movie, and I've tried so hard to love this movie. And I actually, you know, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't dislike it. I could watch it. I just, it's just too many stories going on. And honestly, to me, the best stories in that movie are the dramatic stories, are the ones that are depressing or the, but you know, that's where the best acting is. That's where my heart like strings go. As far as the romantic comedy aspects go, like I don't really feel like those are the best storylines of, of love. Actually. Um, pillow talk is amazing. It is like one of the best romantic comedies out there. I mean, rock cuts and Doris say they've done a lot, but like pillow talk is quintessential. I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. The two of them together are hilarious. I've watched Pillow Talk a million times. I just think it's a great romantic comedy. So my vote will go to Pillow Talk. I'm sorry, Love Actually. Well, Christmas may be all around, but it's not in Nikki's world right now. As we move on 
a three to one lead for Love Actually. It's definitely going to the next round. But Gabby, what do you say? So I saw Pillow talk for the first time recently, and have seen Love Actually a thousand times. Uh, Pillow talk surprised me. I actually really did like it. I had to Google what a party line was, and I don't often have to Google stuff during movies. Um, but still, at the end of the day, Love Actually is an amazing movie. You feel all kinds of emotions when you're watching that, so that gets my vote. And I apologize. I was kind of going in and out that that's a vote for Love Actually? Yes. All right. Love Actually takes a 4-1 to one lead. And it is going to be our first upset of the night. As weird as it is to say a 10-7 upset is an upset, it's the first upset of the night, and we are down to our final vote. Are we going to go with your two seed, the 1934 classic It Happened One Night, or the 1995 film French Kiss? And we are starting, I believe, with Mike. So so French Kiss is one of those movies that both Nikki and I, it wasn't on the first draft of the bracket, it didn't make it, but both of both of her and I had really fond memories of, and so we we got it on the on the list. Uh and it is a fun movie. I mean we were talking about earlier, I think, about how often Hugh Grant appears on this list. I think Meg Ryan's given him a good run for his money. She appears three times in this region alone, but I think we both really like her as a romantic comedy female lead she's great and kevin klein is is so entertaining in this movie and it drew it happened one night in the first round i mean my goodness like this is like the original it's it's i mean yes it's a screwball comedy but it's still very much a romantic comedy like this is i'm don't quote me on this this has got to be one of the first like woman leaving the man at the altar comedies that in Hollywood history. I mean, it's so, it's so entertaining. It's so fun to watch Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert play off each other. And I mean, to watch, I was telling Nikki, we were watching this, uh, the, the other night, like what to watch him chew on the carrot and realize that's where they got the inspiration from Bugs Bunny from. Like there's so much in that movie that, that it has going for it. It still holds up so well to this day. It's, so entertaining it won the big five oscars for crying out loud i mean it, it happened one night is just such a great movie the the leads have good chemistry it's a laugh riot i'm giving my vote to it happened one night all right it happened one night picks up a vote let's move this over to leah so i've seen a lot of scenes from french kiss because this is one of my mom's favorite movies but I have to vote against it. Sorry, Mom. I mean, she's not listening anyway. But still, sorry, Mom. Um, I had to watch it happen one night for the first time because I was a communications major in college. And we had to watch a lot of old classic movies. And I didn't like most of them. But I loved it happened one night. And I remember writing my final paper for that class um, on the film. Um, it's a movie that I think could still be tweaked and released today. Um, it kind of, kind of reminded me of... Uh, Runaway Bride a little bit, um, which I don't know if that makes it on this list. So here, shout out to Runaway Bride. Yay. Um, but yeah, my vote's going to go for um, It Happened One Night because I, I love that it's an old, like, because I'm voting against most of the old movies on this list, but this was one that when I saw it, I was like, this is, this is really, really good. I would watch this again. So um, It Happened One Night. A two to nothing lead for It Happened One Night. Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, French Kiss is one of those ones that maybe we 
kind of just tweaked and put on the list because it's kind of a nostalgia pick a little bit for me. I loved French Kiss. I love I love Kevin Klein in general. I think it's I mean he's just he's just good. And it's just funny. I mean, I just think French Kiss is funny. Um it is not the best romantic comedy ever. I mean, it, it it's not Meg Ryan's best ever, but it's just fun. I enjoy French Kiss for what it is. So I'm glad it's on the bracket. But I mean, It Happened One Night is an OG. I mean, it's just it's so good. Um it, it is the oldest film on this bracket and I still think it holds up more than any of the older films. Um, it's just, it's great. I mean, it's just so cute. And Clark Gable and Claudette Cabrera are great. My only issue, again, with <laughs> It Happened One Night, and again, it's just part of the old I just, I want to see something at the end. I mean, they, they don't, like, they, like there's no, they don't kiss, nothing. The walls of the Jericho came down. But I want to see some interaction. I just, I wanted him to be in the car or something at the end of the movie. Like, they have very little interaction. Like, literally, like, the last 30 minutes of the movie, they don't even see each other. So that's a little hard. But other than that, I love It Happened One Night. So I'm going for It Happened One Night. <laughs> Sorry, we've had this argument before. <laughs> It Happened One Night picks up another vote. Gabby, what do you say? Honestly, for me, it's what happened. It's uh, It Happened One Night. I think it's a really cute movie. Girl meets guy. She hates him. At the end, she loves him. It's such a classic tale that it gets my vote. It is a classic tale that every woman on this podcast right now can relate to. Steven. That's for sure. Damn. Steven, what do you think? So whenever I encounter someone that tells me that there are no good films in black and white, one of the films I insist they watch is It Happened One Night. Because uh, Leah's wrong about one thing. Uh, It doesn't need to be tweaked at all. It still hits. Every single beat of it is near perfection. It is hilarious. It is well-paced. It is well-shot. It really doesn't matter what it up, what it's up against, unless it was up against like a one seed or some like it hot. It's one of the best films on this list. It's easily moving on here against French Kiss. Now, well, Stephen, I would hope that Twelve Angry Men is also on that list. In fact, it is. It better be. But it happened one night. Does pick up the sweep, the only sweep of the evening. Your round of thirty-two matchup coming out of the lower left-hand corner bracket is going to be when Harry Met Sally taking on Some Like It Hot. The 40-year-old virgin versus Pretty Woman. Forgetting Sarah Marshall will take on Sleepless in Seattle. And the matchup I can't wait to hear you guys talk out. Love Actually versus It Happened One Night. That's going to do it tonight for the Boozy Bracketology Podcast. Find us on Instagram or Facebook, Boozy Bracketology, Twitter at Boozy Brackets. If you want to be a part of the show, or if you have a bracket suggestion you want us to take into consideration, boozybracketology at gmail.com. But for the Boozy Bracketology podcast, I have been Chris. I'm Leah. I'm Mike. Nikki. Well, I should be on mute, so I'll say I've been Steven. And I'm Gabby. Have a great week, everybody.